Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Apologies, folks, if you can hear my dishwasher running. Uh, usually, it walks, but it's running now. So I was going to say, you better go catch it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Holden, can you believe that we don't have children? Because we sure are a couple dads. Yeah. I um, remember when the original Space Jam came out and Michael Jordan's way better than that, the Bron James. I don't. I'm pretty sure I wasn't alive yet, so uh <laughs> I don't really remember it coming out, honestly, but I do remember watching it on VHS. Yeah, I remember seeing ads for well, I, I hadn't seen it until a couple years ago, and I remember seeing it like ads for it on my VHS copies of Scooby Doo. For whatever reason, I want to say it came with like a commemorative little fake gold coin. I don't know oh, why I think that. Cool. Maybe I'm just misremembering, but that's that's what came to mind. Also, apologies for any hiccups that might occur because I'm currently on vacation, so I am in a place that doesn't have very good internet, and also my family might just be walking through here, hopefully not making too much noise. I asked them to be quiet, so we'll see. We, I wouldn't put it past Scott Sutter to ruin the podcast. He's actually not. He just left for Lincoln. He he had to go home. So I wouldn't put it he, past Darla Sutter to ruin the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of Space Jam, A New Legacy, and uh, Loki Episode 6. Season 1 finale. Yeah. That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh, yes. The last week until the last week of Tom Hiddleston until the next season of Loki. Oh, boy. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Hiddleston, Middleston, and Bergeron. Hiddleston no, 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 no. Is the Hiddleston, highest. no, 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 Hiddleston. Oh, uh, yeah, Middleston no, no, Hiddleston, Bombadil. oh my gosh, I screwed it up. So it's Hiddleston, Bombadil, and Middleston. Uh, Hiddleston is the highest, uh, Bombadil is the lowest, and Middleston is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Hey, well, then maybe you'll figure it out next year. Or at least until <laughs> Doctor Strange, am I right? Look at that. <laughs> Perfect segue. I know we usually do trailers first, but that was just too good of a segue. Loki is going to show up in <laughs> Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Uh, we got to tread water carefully without uh, getting we're into not spoilers. Gonna sp- of- yeah, we're not going to spoil Loki uh, until but- the, our, our spoiler discussion later in the episode after Tom's. Time's code's in the description. As always, folks, jump around. get to uh, Listen to what you want to listen to. Don't get things spoiled if you don't want them spoiled. Check out those time codes in the description. Uh, no spoilers here, though. You're safe. Loki, Thomas Hiddleston himself, uh, will he be will- in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which is coming out next March, I believe. Yeah. The Sam Raimi movie. Yes, Samus Ramis. Yeah, uh, is um, uh, making that one. 
I don't know. And, I mean, that's uh, cool. I like Loki a lot. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Now, I'm, I'm interested because... Obviously, the kind of end of Loki kind of sets, kind of goes into that direction. So it w- we'll see. Some people, um, well, I just won't say anything. I guess I don't yeah. want to spoil anything. But uh, yeah, no, I think the the MCU is definitely moving into a direction where everything could be highly, highly connected. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm actually. Uh, rooting for that I want things to be very connected kind of from here on out uh, which is why I think Black Widow was so meh for me it was just yeah, like it wasn't connected like it just didn't have any impact especially like we we get Black Widow and then we get Loki and one is so much more impactful on what's going on in the MCU yeah. and so much more relevant and it, it just makes and it's not Black Widow <laughs> yeah and Black Widow seems so irrelevant in terms of the mm-hmm. story and its impact on the MCU. Um, so I'm hoping, which is funny. This is funny because I hated the crossover stuff at the beginning. I was like, why don't they just leave Iron Man as Iron Man? Leave <laughs> Thor as Thor. Leave Captain America as Captain America. No Avengers crap. Now I'm like, I want it all like related to each other. I want this one connecting thing where you're not going to understand these movies unless you see the other one. And then, the, you know what I'm saying? I don't think yep. it will be that highly connected. I think we'll be a little bit surprised at how like standalone some of these movies are. I think like obviously they're going to impact one another. But yeah. I think it'll be more like the like the I don't know, I don't remember which phase it was cuz I wasn't a huge Marvel fan at the time, but like the Iron Man 2s and 3s and the Thor 2s and you know like those sort of sequels where they they like they're standalone movies in them in of themselves, but they like still connect their they references connect there's bit, yeah. things that like slightly impact it or or make a uh, bigger deal later on uh connections with the story i think it'll be slightly more connected than that but you know i would love to see it super highly connected so loki he's gonna be in multiverse of madness doctor strange will spider-man be in it who knows who knows well i guess i'll have to wait until we see spider-man this december is Wanda going to be in it? Did they confirm Probably. that? I think, yeah, I, I think, think she's so. confirmed to be in it. So, yeah, it's going to be some madness. All right. Indeed. Mar- <laughs> Doctor Strange and March Madness. It's just him making a, a bracket. I bet that's why they're releasing it in March. Multiverse of Madness. They vi- Yeah, they visit like a, b- a basketball game. This is That'd the timeline where I win my bracket pool. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, Hiddleston because of Tom yeah, Hiddleston. Hiddleston's. Yes, Hiddleston's. Okay, so now we're actually going to do the trailers. Uh, first off, we have a new Pixar movie, uh, Turning Red, I believe it's called. Um, but It's it like is, me. It's like the bloody stoplights when I'm trying to get to work. Am I right, Holden? Yeah, sure. Why'd you say bloody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trying to relate to our uh, to like our Australian audience, <laughs> or our British audience, our British audience, yeah. Anyway, so uh, turning red trailer. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a very nice looking movie. It's a Pixar film that seems to follow this uh, girl in school who has uh, problems with anxiety, and uh, whenever she gets really like excited, um, she turns into a, a giant red panda. 
Yep, that seems like that was the trailer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's it seems like a cool concept. Um, I I feel like I mean Pixar likes to touch on more serious themes. Um, I think anxiety in children is something that's not really covered a whole lot, so that's kind of new. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think of it, Jimmy? I mean, I just don't think we've seen enough. I like you said. It, I'm sure Pixar's got sort of some sort of like great message and great symbolism there and mm-hmm. i'm sure they'll like knock it out of the park they always do it's just weird it's like we've just gotten a bunch <laughs> just feel like they <laughs> keep cranking out pixar movies well it's and like, i think onward soul luca now this is this coming out 2022 or 2021 yeah this one's I, this one's like just under a year away so it's still a while away this is just like a teaser i'm pretty sure it just sometimes yeah yeah sometimes they'll release these like pixar trailers like a year ahead of time i think that's what this is it's just hard because the pixar movies don't feel as special anymore because everybody caught up to them animation wise Mm -hmm. so they can't really stand out as much like you could like there's no way to discern this from like a new dreamworks movie or a new disney movie because you can't really tell until the actual pixar logos there or you know from the trailer um uh, I mean, the writing is usually at a higher level for Pixar. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a middle stint. So just because we haven't seen anything, really. Sure. Yeah, I'll give it a middle stint, too. Looks interesting, though. Um, next trailer. Uh, both of these trailers came out, like, today or yesterday. Because I wrote my notes yesterday. Um, and then Jimmy's, I told him to watch the Turning Red trailer. He's like, hey, watch these two as well. But anyway, this one, it's The Last Duel. Um, and I didn't... Is this the Ridley Scott one? Uh, yeah, I think it's produced by Ridley Scott. Oh, um, okay. Is it directed I'm by him? I'm going to double check. Okay. Anyway, this movie kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, essentially, it looks like this medieval story, apparently based on a true story. Uh, some of the actors in it and you can help me out here holding two but i ben affleck yep oh uh, and it Matt, is directed by ridley scott it is directed by him yeah wow uh ben affleck adam driver yep matt damon yep who's the lead actress jodie comer um Jody she comer. What? she's like one of the leads in killing eve which is supposedly really good uh the tv show um she's also there's it seems like there was something more recently that i've actually seen her in she's i think she's the one that was announced to be um uh actually no never mind i don't know what i'm talking about she's gonna be in free guy maybe that's what i was thinking of she she's like the yeah female lead in that it looks really like interesting to me i don't know like i don't want to get my hopes up because mm-hmm. I feel like this could be one of those movies that just flops. Uh, but, yeah, I just was like, oh, this this image looks interesting on a YouTube thumbnail. And I watched it, and the trailer was unique in of itself. Yeah. So I just cool. like the, the look of it was phenomenal. Well, Ridley Scott, he's kind of a... Honestly, he's kind of like a Robert Zemeckis at this point, where you kind of flip a coin to see if his movies <laughs> is going to be good or not. I think he's maybe a bit more consistently good, at least visually, than uh, Robert Zemeckis is. Um, 
because I mean, even like even Prometheus and Alien Covenant, which not everyone liked, like those movies are still gorgeous. Um, yeah, so I think we're we're in for at least some great cinematography. Yeah, and and some good acting, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just looks really gritty and and great, and and I, I don't know, I just really liked it. It's gonna maybe I hope it scratches that Game of Thrones itch that I have. So yeah, till House of the Dragon comes out. So I'm gonna give does. it a. I'm gonna give it a Hiddleston. Uh, I'll give it a Middleston. I mean, I think it looks good, but I guess I wasn't particularly like. I don't know. It, it didn't strike me as much as it did you. I'll probably watch it though. Uh, then the last trailer is *Malignant*, the new James Wan film, uh, which I keep forgetting is happening. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> uh, it's this is going to be another one of those films that's released both on HBO Max and in theaters. Uh, it's coming out in October, um, so if you don't want to see it in theaters, you don't have to. Um, but yeah, it's another kind of supernatural horror film in a similar vein, I guess, to like Insidious or Conjuring for him, uh, just with a different concept. Well, it um, seemed like it seemed like Minority Report, but it's a demon. <laughs> yeah, it did kind of seem like that. Uh, like, uh, which I thought was a really cool concept. Um, I was hoping it looks like it's taking more of a demonic route. I was hoping it was going to be more like, for whatever reason, this lady sees through this serial killer Mm -hmm. but uh this like who is an actual real person but uh the serial killer looks like some sort of demon demonic form shadow thing um but yeah i mean it's james wan is returning to horror it's the first time since conjuring 2 i believe right yeah which Um, was that was only two movies ago i think the only one he's done in between was aquaman it was Fast 7 before Conjuring 2? Oh. Um, no, maybe he did do Fast Furious 7 in between. Okay, you might be right. Um, so, I mean, Conjuring 2 was five years ago at this point. So that, you know, uh, I'm excited to, to to see it. I think he, I mean, Con- obviously Saw is my favorite horror movie. And then mm-hmm. Conjuring and Conjuring 2, I think, are are two of the best horror movies as well yeah. and and the great sequel uh great combo uh devil made me do it <laughs> not not so much he didn't make that one though um so i'm excited for this one i'm gonna give it a hiddleston uh yeah um i'll give it a hiddleston i, I mean it kind of has like it seems like it's gonna have a kind of cheesy script but that's kind of th- uh, at least as- aside from conjuring which i think has a pretty good script like most James Wan movies are kind of cheesy, so it's kind of in line with that. Except but Saw. Saw has a great script. Yeah, Saw's <laughs> great <dialogue>. writing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, sure I'll give it a Hiddleston. Looks interesting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um. So, on to the actual news. Uh, first off, the Batgirl movie. So we have a casting shortlist for uh who might be batgirl a bunch of uh names that you may recognize here uh one of it one of them is leslie grace who i didn't know who that was but she is the one uh the one lady from in the heights who uh doesn't want to go back to stanford okay that one uh isabella merced who was in that dora movie she played dora um zoe 
uh, Deutsch, I think. Um, she was the... <laughs> I'm trying to remember. She was in Zombieland 2. She was like the uh, the not Emma Stone, the other one. Okay, yeah. Who's like I'm, kind of annoying, but she's in she's on other good stuff, but that's for some reason the only thing that comes to mind. And uh Haley Lou Richardson, which was the only one that I didn't uh remember. I she Haley Lou Richardson kind of seemed more like maybe she had already dropped out. But do what do you think of any of those other 3? Uh first off, disappointed that I didn't make the cut. Yeah, <laughs> sent in my tape to Warner Bros. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I like Batgirl. This is the movie, right? What was the release timetable on this thing? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they're they're getting casting done, they have directors attached. Um, I think this is the one that they said is going to be an HBO Max original because they wanted a DC movie for that. Okay, so this might be that. Um. Is like I wonder if Batman is gonna exist in this world, or if yeah, Batgirl will just be Batman. Like I think it'd be it'd be interesting if, um, literally Batman was just a was a woman. Like I think that'd yeah, be an yeah. interesting take on it. I would like to see it go that direction. But you know, if it's not that, that I mean, there have there have been Batgirls, mm-hmm. Batwomen, uh, like uh, you know, like in the Arkham games. Uh, um, well, Barbara Gordon was Batgirl, and and I'm sure that's yeah. in the comics. Barbara too. Gordon's usually the the one who is. Um, I well, and that makes me wonder, like, because I mean, we have Matt Reeves' Batman movie coming out, and we already know that they're having some like Gotham PD show that's going to be on HBO Max. It's connected to that. So I wonder if this law is and, to that law and order, <laughs> law, yeah. and order <laughs> law and Gotham. order, but Gotham, <laughs> CSI Gotham. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I mean, I these names all sound good. Um, those actresses are all good from what I've seen them in. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they'd all do a good job. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll give it a Hiddleston. Hiddleston's all around. Speaking of Matt Reeves' Batman movie, though, um, Colin Farrell said this week that the Penguin is only going to be in it for about nine minutes. <laughs> Well, I mean, you'd have to expect that, right? I mean, if there's yeah. going to be that many villains in it, how are you yeah. going to do this? I mean, uh, kind of goes along with uh, Chloe Tsao. I, I, I was watching the Kevin Feige, like Rotten Tomatoes did an interview with him about Phase 4. And he's like, the Eternals have like 10 new characters in them. Like mm-hmm. Chloe Tsao has to introduce 10 new characters. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, in a two-hour movie. I mean, I guess it's going to be l- probably a little longer than that. But if there's one person who could do it, it would be Chloe Zhao. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. I mean, if you're going to have a rogues gallery of villains like Matt Reeves wants to, uh, you're just you're not going to get a bunch of e- development for those villains. It's more like, hey, it's the Penguin. You know who the Penguin is, okay? Uh, so I guess. The person, I mean, Batman's going to be the one who has to develop. Yeah. Or or Catwoman, I guess, maybe, potentially. Uh, and I guess these this rogues gallery of villains is going to have to be a uh, kind of a vessel for that to happen. I yeah. I, I mean, if it, it's worked before. Like, if you look at a game like Arkham City, I, I mean, you have a rogues gallery of villains and that. It's not like all the villains are super complex and they develop True. and they have these 
you know, crazy character arcs. No, it's just like, oh, Mr. Freeze is Mr. Freeze. Or, you know, yeah. the penguin is the penguin. Two-Face is Two-Face, you know. Mm-hmm. It drives the plot along. Um, but you have to have some sort of crux to it. Like in Arkham City, you got the Batman Joker crux. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know where it's going. It seems like the Riddler is kind of the, the main villain from the, the first trailer with Paul Dano. Yeah, um, yeah. And how that pushes Batman and and challenges his psyche. Uh, I think that's going to have to be the core of the film. And everybody's going to fit in around that. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Colin Farrell um, Penguin is only going to be in it for nine minutes. My question is, how long will Will Farrell's Penguin be in it? Yeah, right? <laughs> I uh, Colin Farrell, I, I'm guessing that just means that penguin will return in like a sequel or something like Maybe. i don't know if the, yeah. if it'll necessarily set him up as a main villain or he'll just be like kind of a recurring secondary antagonist but penguin's a big enough villain that i feel like he'll make another comeback in more ways than one am i right yeah <laughs> just kidding we do not body shame people here holden that was very inappropriate um, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't know that's what you were referring to. I just kind of laughed and went with it. <laughs> You're the one whose whose uh, mind went there. No, I didn't. That was all you, Holden. I can't okay. believe you did that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'll give that a bur- uh, middle stint. Middle stint. A middle stint, Holden. A middle stint. Thank you a very middle much. Stint. Okay. Now, the WandaVision director, Matt Shakeman, uh, is apparently going to be directing the next Star Trek movie. This keeps changing. I feel like every time we just keep bringing up new directors for a Star Trek movie every six months or so. But now currently the director of WandaVision is going to be doing it. Uh, There's no idea if it's a sequel or a reboot or anything. Um, And the previously announced director, Noah Hawley, has pretty much moved on to work on the FX Alien series that was announced at that Disney conference last year. I'm under the impression that Chris Pine and Zachary Quinta are going to be back, but maybe yeah. that was just misinformation. That's kind of what it sounded like last there was last time there was a big update, but I don't know. Um, well, I mean, we'll see. I a lot of people liked Star Trek Beyond the best. I thought I liked it the least of the three personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Into Darkness the most, at least when I, I first saw them, and I, I really liked the first rebooted one from 2009 so yeah i mean wandavision was i think well directed and i i feel like if you worked on a on a big disney plus marvel show you're more than capable of of making a star trek movie so uh i'll give them a hiddleston if this yeah. movie happens it's becoming hiddleston. the new uncharted it is uncharted is still the new uncharted <laughs> or the that movie Flash. hasn't come out yet uh, okay, so Indiana Jones 5, we got some new casting news. Uh, Antonio Banderas has joined the cast in a mystery role. Uh, he better be Puss in Boots, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but <laughs> he, there's no idea if he's going to be a villain or a hero. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen is pretty much, I think, has been confirmed to be the villain already. So I don't know what Antonio Banderas, how he'll fit in. Um, but yeah, do you, do you like Antonio Banderas? So they're still casting for this movie? I guess aren't they making well, I mean, the movie? They are. Well, they, I mean, maybe this is uh, maybe this is just like like it somehow came out that they're in the movie or something. I don't know. It, but it I, when be, I read it, it said cast. 
because Harrison Ford is getting injured left and right. So they got to be at least making this. <laughs> you know thing. he's filming. You know he's filming something if he's getting injured. Maybe, maybe his shoulder popped when he picked up the script. Maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm excited for it. Antonio Banderas, obviously a great actor, so I'll give it a Hiddleston. Yeah, Hiddleston. Um, this was something that hadn't heard anything about in a while. Uh, the John Wick TV series um, that had previously been announced uh, called The Continental, so fo- supposedly focusing on the, the hotel from that series. Um, big news came out about it that apparently instead of like a show, this is going to be a three episode miniseries with each episode being approximately 90 minutes long. Uh, it's going to be directed by Albert Hughes, uh, who is the director of the book of Eli, which I haven't seen and the Showtime series, the good Lord bird, which I also haven't seen, but heard really good things about, uh, it's going to be executive produced by basically all of the directors and writers of the, of the actual movies. And I think Keanu Reeves as well. And it's going to apparently follow a young Winston, who is like the owner of the hotel, uh, founding the Continental in 1970s New York. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go Middleston here. I just like unless it's absolutely amazing, I probably will not watch this show. Yeah, I think it sounds I, I'm more intrigued now that it's like a three episode like mini movie miniseries. Um just because that seems that seems like if they're doing that, maybe they have a certain vision for it. Um, so I'm 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 a little bit more excited than I was. Uh, I don't. There's still no like release window for this, as far as I'm aware. But well, I mean that makes sense, right? Three move three ninety minute episodes: first act, second act, third act. I mean that seems like a very ingenious way of of making a, a show or making yeah. a, a prolonged movie. And I would I would think that format would be awesome if if people could could utilize it a little bit more like Mm. or, you know, three two hour chunks, you know, something that's just a little bigger in scope. Um, That would be really cool to do it to do it that way. Um, Yeah. So I I like I'll give the Hiddleston to the format idea. I really like that idea of of the three uh, longer episodes. Yeah, I think I'll give the overall thing a Hiddleston just because. I like John Wick, um, but that's that's it. Uh, I don't know. Was there any game news? I feel like there was something I forgot. Uh, well, we could we should talk about the Steam Deck. Boy, I almost forgot. Uh, oh yeah, the Steam Deck. Valve um, announcing basically a, a chunkier Nintendo Switch like device that is a g- gaming PC, more much more yeah. powerful than the Switch. Um, it looks very promising. Um, it also looks huge and slightly unwieldy, <laughs> so I would love to like get my hands on it before I would get one. Uh, I'm a little tempted to get one just as like a, a retro gaming device, and by retro I mean like late 2000s, early 2010s <laughs> games. <laughs> Play like your uh, Arkham, your Arkham games. Yeah, Arkham games, Just Cause 2, yeah. uh, Portal you know that that those sorts of games yeah you know and i agree like those certain games would be very appealing to have in handheld form and that's kind of what what draws me to it um but like the day after it was announced there was like things coming out that the the thing still can't run like some like modern like multiplayer games and stuff and it, it seems like it's having 
I mean, they're still working on it, obviously, because I think it comes out in December, but um, it's still having some issues that I think I need to pay more attention to before I consider buying it. Yeah, it comes out this holiday season, like you mentioned. I mean, it can run Control, which is pretty ridiculous, because Control's a very taxing game. Yeah. Um, it runs Jedi Fallen Order really well, I guess. Um, and you can, like, customize all the settings. From what I understand, it'll be, like, a lot of the games, like, have a suggested setting for the Steam Deck. Uh, but then you can manually tune it however you want. If you want to, like, power, like you know lower the graphics to extend battery life you could do that or or vice versa Mm -hmm. um i think it looks really neat i i don't know if i would get one over a switch but it's very tempting i think they they brought it into a really tempting price point at the 400 dollar mark um with you can get expandable storage for it um which is not very expensive uh, so yeah, it's very tempting. I, I probably wouldn't get one right away if I were to get one, but I would like to at least try it out, like use one, see what it's mm-hmm. like. Um, I'll so I'll, I'm going to give it a Hiddleston just cause I, I like the idea of it. And I think if other people could like fine tune it, uh, that'd be really cool. Or maybe like a, a second generation of it. Uh, I think I'll probably give it a Middleston. Um, I think it looks cool. I'm a bit more weary about it. Um, even though uh, Valve has proven in the past to be very competent with hardware, with their like index and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm probably unless it really wows me with stuff, I'll probably stick with my Switch and then just get a PC later on down the line or something and just call that good. But yeah, yeah. All right, Holden, let's go on to our review, or excuse me, our spoiler discussion of the season one finale of Loki. Yes. Moon Pie. What a time to be alive. All right, so uh, Loki. We were completely wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, so I stayed up until 2 a.m. on the night that this premiered, uh, to watch it, um, because I was so excited, and yeah, uh, we were, we were completely wrong. Uh, first of all, um, we weren't, we weren't really quiet, uh, or we, we weren't saving the, uh, season two reveal for spoilers, because we already talked about it, like, last week. <laughs> a lot of people are, like, on the internet are like, what? It's coming, there's a season two? And I, I've known that for, I don't know, months. I guess just people who don't follow like closely on movie news don't know that kind of stuff. But it, it was kind of treated like a big reveal at the end of this episode. Um, so apologies if, if that was spoiled for you. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you want to say about it first, Jimmy? Uh, so, well, uh, we should just kind of get right into it. I think as... An episode, it, it was my least favorite episode, like just watching it, the viewing mm-hmm. experience. Like I thought it was the least, com- like not compelling. I don't want to say that because it, 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 it's really good. Like it's really good, but not in the way of like that I would think of. It's really good in terms of what it, the doors it opens for the MCU going forward and mm-hmm. how many directions it could go and the ability to like 
predict or to talk about. It's just it's just a fantastic discussion starter. This episode's a great discussion starter. But yeah. at the same time as an episode, it is a huge exposition dump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh that I don't think is like incredibly well written like i just i think it's the worst episode of the series but at the same time it's very good in terms of what it means for the future of the mcu like it definitely changes everything it sets up the rest of the 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 phase for at least very well and gets Mm -hmm. me more excited about the movies coming out moving forward but itself as an episode I thought it was good, but not great. I didn't. I think it was the weakest of the six. Um, well, just because it is such an exposition dump. Well, it's so weird because, um, like, I, I mean, we you talked earlier about how excited you are for everything to be interconnected. But honestly, I even though I kind of expected it to go somewhat in this direction like with them i I mean we kind of thought that they were going to break up the tva or whatever and then have the multiverse kind of branch out but it felt a lot more impactful than i guess what i predicted like this felt i mean this is so crucial to the rest of the mcu that i guess i hadn't even considered how what how big this would mean for the rest of the series um and it's just weird to me that it's in a tv show i mean i don't care because i'm going to watch all of it but (laughs) Um, I'm, I wonder if people who just watch the movies, they're probably going to be lost. Yeah. Well, the next it's, few, it's just crazy because like WandaVision, everybody thought that was going to be the series that broke the MCU. And, and then mm-hmm. when it didn't happen, it was very self-contained. People were very disappointed. So I was kind of like expecting that to happen again. Yeah. Um, in terms of this is not going to be as big as people are thinking about. Probably not Kang. Probably, you know, like it'll make the multiverse go, but like it'll be another Loki, that sort of thing. And that's why I thought it was going that direction, just because WandaVision was so much not that way. Mm-hmm. But no, they went there. They brought in Kang or, you know, at least a version of Kang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they disrupted the, the timeline and. I think I, in terms of that, like, I love the end product, but how we got there in this final episode, I didn't love. You know what I'm saying? I don't uh, mind. As, oh, what? Say what you're going to say. I was going to say, well, you just you just uh, make your point, and then I'll, I'll say my kind of my biggest gripe with it at this point okay. that could be maybe amended in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I don't. It didn't really bother me. Uh, most of this episode didn't bother me too much. I, the script does feel a little off. Like it feels a little different than the rest of the series. Um, like I don't know. I, it, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily written any differently. But I, I think it's just in context of what was happening. It feels a little bit more out of place. Um, but overall, I mean, I thought the episode was i mean was still pretty entertaining i don't know if it's my least favorite um but what was your what was your biggest gripe uh that this is all like sylvie's fault you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like she made a mistake and that's why the mcu is going in this direction rather than making a choice knowing what is going to happen like like she's just like i don't believe you so i'm gonna make this choice to kill you rather than i believe you but because these are my values, I'm still going to make this choice. Like, 
I believe you that you are protecting us, but we can't just live in a world without like being able to, you know, make our, you know, with our destinies defined by some outside force. We need some self-determination and that sort of thing, which is a place where I thought Loki was going in this series as a person. So I think it makes more sense if actually Loki does it himself. You know what I'm saying? Like he was all like about order and everything at the beginning. And now he's like, we can't mm. have order. We need to let people decide for themselves. We need to give people their freedom. And it, so it'd be more impactful for me to, for him to be like, I get it. Like you are like the lesser of two evils, but we still can't live in a world where this happens. We can't be naive to that. Mm-hmm. And well, just let this, even though, even though without this, you know, fascist leader, there's going to be a power vacuum and, th- and that's going to be filled by something else. We have to, we have to power through that. We have to get rid of any evil thing that fills that power vacuum and it's going to be a struggle, but it's going to be worth it in the end if we're victorious, which I think is going to obviously be where this ends up. But just the way, I just don't like how Sylvie's just like, I don't believe you. And then she stabs him and then it's like, well, Oops, <laughs> you know, I it's think, like, I think for me, I don't, I don't have a problem that she doesn't believe. Him. I don't think that's I, but you did kind of bring up why I think the episode feels weird in writing. I'm more, I think I'm more bothered by the fact that Loki doesn't like agree with her or, or doesn't, or at least doesn't side with her for his own reasons. Cause I don't know. It, it seemed out of character f- to me for him to just be like, no, don't don't kill this guy i don't know because he's not afraid of killing people and it it was just i don't know i I felt like he would have been more on her side in this instance and i think that's why it felt off to me yeah i'm just wondering why they yeah i mean like because at least or my my interpretation of kind of what he was saying I mean, he's he's like, yeah, sure. I don't know what you'll unleash, but he also just kind of seems like not wanting to kill for the sake of not wanting to kill. And I mean, obviously, I don't. I mean, he doesn't need to be a mass murderer, but it doesn't fit in with his character. He isn't like an antihero for a reason. I don't know. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Like literally, like if you take this in the context of where this Loki was, I mean, he was like murdering millions of people like yeah. two weeks ago like the same guy <laughs> so um because he's literally coming straight from the avengers movie plot yeah. um so i get that aspect of it and I, I can suspend my disbelief for that um but yeah i just i i i like the i like where we're going i i like mm-hmm. where we ended up i like where we're going in the future i just thought this episode was like you said, it was so out of place. It didn't really feel like it belonged in the show necessarily. I mean, plot-wise, yes. But from like a character standpoint, it didn't feel like Loki and Sylvie and Mobius, their character arcs kind of developed at all in this one. Yeah, they just, they kind of, they didn't do a lot in this episode, honestly. None of them did. They just um, sat and listened. Like towards the end. Yeah. They just sat and listened to Kang. I mean, that was kind of the whole episode. And I mean, like, Jonathan Majors, I liked his performance. It was it was weird. It was off-putting. 
And I think it, I mean, with his quirks, it shows that he'll be able to, with whatever variants of Kang we see in the future, he'll be able to kind of put different spins on it. Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was cool getting introduced to at least that version of him, he who remains or, uh, Immortus as uh, some people think that's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's Sylvie and Loki just kind of, they're, they're just sitting there <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, they, they kiss at the end, which I mean, some people were just like disgusted by and then i was like i someone point like i didn't point out to me directly but someone on the internet was like you can't you can't say this is like morally wrong because there's no way in real life this would ever happen so there's no basis for this to be based off of so i don't know so i don't know if you're still grossed out by it that's fine i don't i don't have a problem with that but um yeah, I mean, it was felt like a little bit of an awkward kiss, but I mean, better yeah. than Ray, better than Raylo. Better than Raylo. Oh my god, almost anything is better than Raylo, though. Sorry, Low Emily. Bar. Sorry, Emily. Raylo shipper. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, Jonathan Majors. I didn't love his performance, honestly. I, but I. I I don't think this is what Kang is going to be like because this is like we we kind of talked before after watching it. The mm-hmm. this was the most benevolent of the Kangs, or it seems like, or the the one that won out at the end and, yeah. and shut out all the like evil conquering. Supposedly the Kangs. original one that was the good one. Well, maybe not the original, but just I don't know if he mentions that, but just the one who stopped it. He uh, meant and, he's. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he like briefly mentions that he might have been the original. Maybe not. I don't know. I am the original. <laughs> yeah, he, he just says that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't love it. It was quirky. I I thought the whole like eating the apple while he's talking was a bit much. Yeah, um, it's kind of just a villain thing. <laughs> where where Cliche. the heck did he get that apple? Who knows? You know, mm-hmm. it's like I guess he's been in isolation all this time. But when I was, I I mean, sure he's working with time consistently, but he's like he's implied to have existed for like thousands of years or whatever. And so how why doesn't he look old? I don't know. I guess I, guess I don't know how it works for him. Yeah, I don't I don't quite understand it either. I think we'll get more explanations going forward. Mm-hmm. But he just wasn't at first I was like, well, he's just not very intimidating at all, but then it's like, well, he's not the Kang. He's not the yeah. nemesis of the MCU going forward. So, I'm just interested how different the big bad Kang will be and and then how many Kang variants will we get? I mean, Kang could if they wanted to, they could make him the antagonist of like every marvel movie going yeah forward. i don't just think they're going forms to of kang <laughs> i don't think they're going to but they certainly could i mean we probably will see multiple versions mm-hmm. of him and maybe that's what loki season two is um they're hunting down multiple versions of kang maybe even at the behest of the the big you know main Kang, who's taken over the TVA at the end of the episode, which we can talk about that twist in a little bit. Maybe they're doing it for him, just to be like, "Well, we're, we 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 got to 
get to, you know, it's like hunting down horcruxes. It's like <laughs> the different Kangs. Yeah, the different Kangs. We got to do that in order to, you know, you know, fight fewer Kangs and focus on one Kang at the end. But I, maybe they'll realize, hey, look, some of these Kangs we can trust. And maybe they'll build their own team of benevolent Kangs. The Council of Kangs, like in the I really want. I really want like the end game of this story to just be two armies of Jonathan Majors running at each other <laughs> for on your for two left. hours on your love um for all time always what a great slogan yeah uh yeah I mean the the twist at the end we can talk about that uh it was kind of sad because I was like oh Mobius doesn't remember Loki yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, because, uh, I mean, we, we get a brief bit of Mobius and Hunter B-15 talking um, once Kang is killed, or he, he who remains is killed, um, but then, uh, so I assume that, I mean, that universe still exists, Loki's just in a different one, so he'll have to find his way back to meet up with his Mobius. Well, is that how it works, though? Because I thought the TVA was kind of outside of everything. Well, that's what I don't know. Because I, I, I guess for me, I took it as now that there's multiple timelines, maybe there's multiple TVAs, too. Because it didn't seem to me like they were getting reset. Maybe they are. To, like, where they it, don't remember Loki. Yeah, I, I didn't quite understand how it worked. Because I thought the TVA was outside of that the yeah. time shifting stuff but you never know i mean um it was a very good twist i did not see it coming at all and the, and the reveal that kang had taken over the tva with the statue was was really smart mm-hmm. um i'm guessing that owen wilson and loki will be buddies again within an episode or two they like better. snap out they of it better. or or whatever we got to get that jet ski moment it's coming yeah Holden and I rad and rode a jet ski together this weekend, and Mobi- yeah, we Mobius did. didn't. What were the odds? <laughs> we were riding the jet ski and loudly yelling at each other the discussion of this episode. So yeah, I could <laughs> I could see there's going to be a lot of different kings. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite the it was conversation. Pretty, it was fun. Um. um yeah, I mean, I, it w- anything else you want to add? We didn't mention Run Slayer. She just kind of leaves. <laughs> yeah, Run Slayer just Red leaves. Slayer. Um, she'll be back, I'm guessing. She'll she'll be back season two. Uh, she's apparently like a teacher, or was a teacher, a variant of a teacher. So she has to be evil. Yeah. Right, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's really a whole lot else. Miss Minutes gives like a jump scare at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm ready to give my rating if you are. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say 7 out of 10. Mainly just, again, I love where we're going, but the fact that it's just like Sylvie's mistake don't love it it's people are you know on that on the internet argument are arguing who made the bigger mistake uh star lord and infinity war Siv, <laughs> sylvie and loki um didn't love that didn't love how it was just one big exposition dump kind of felt like the characters got um the short end of the stick 
or whatever that say is that the right phrase yeah yeah Short end of sometimes the when i'm talking my brain just <laughs> quits functioning but if you've listened to more than one episode you would know that or just any episode you know what i'm saying it's it's yeah. happening right now again you're happy yeah <laughs> move on uh um. but again love where we're going not exactly this episode how we got to that point but yeah i'm excited for season two i'm excited for the the rest of marvel phase four i'm really excited i'll give it a seven and a half i think yeah similar thoughts to what you said honestly so i do still think loki was the best of the three mcu yeah uh, disney plus shows we've also had the best last episode probably i think it had the best all the episodes uh best soundtrack oh yeah title card um best i guess briefly before we move on didn't mention how this doesn't it doesn't really have a big bombastic final episode which is kind of cool even though it was a lot of exposition but it was different i agree just the characters got the short end of the stick all right holden let's go on to space jam a new legacy non-spoiler review All right, Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam, a new Space legacy. Jam. New legacy, as in Le- LeBron's here. It's not Michael Welcome Jordan. Welcome to the Space Jam. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, the plot synopsis of this movie. You got LeBron James. He's got his son. His son likes to program video games more than play basketball, and LeBron doesn't like that. LeBron's like, hey, you need to practice basketball. LeBron was traumatized when his coach took his Game Boy, and (laughs) it's just like, you can't play this crap. And then (laughs) just throws it away. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that that part at the beginning. Yeah. Um, So he's not happy about that. Meanwhile, LeBron gets a call to go to the Warner Brothers studio and he takes his son with him and they pitch to him this idea for him to be in all the movies basically and he's like nope that's literally in the top five worst ideas I've ever heard in my life and you think I'm joking like, no he literally like says he that, says that. Um, <laughs> LeBron's a, they made LeBron such a jerk in this movie I don't I cannot believe that he's just signed on to do that um but uh, he's like, you know what? So this, it wasn't the executives at Warner Brothers that, that came up with this idea. It was this algorithm uh, named LG Rhythm, who is played by Don <laughs> Cheadle, um, Emmy-nominated actor for his cameo <laughs> oh, I in forgot Falcon to and the Winter that. Shoulder. Oh Soldier. my god! Why didn't? <laughs> um, doesn't make any sense. Nor does the plot of this movie really. Um, so. LeBron's like, oh, your algorithm came up with this? That's like the stupidest algorithm I've ever heard. It should be deleted. And again, you think I'm just like saying that. He literally says something like that. And Algy Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle, Emmy-nominated actor, was uh, For very... For the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Very frustrated by that. So he kidnaps... He, he kidnaps LeBron's <laughs> son, basically. You could have, for this synopsis just said uh, a computer uh, abducts LeBron James's son 
and wants to play him in basketball to get his son. You could have just said that. You didn't need to go all the way through the intro of this movie. Yes, but I think I needed to demonstrate the ridiculous nature of this movie's plot and how LeBron says that is literally in the top five worst ideas I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I wonder what the other four are. Yeah, right? Um... But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the movie. He's got to play, got to play uh, algae rhythm, Don Cheadle and basketball, the Goon Squad, in order to get his his uh, son back. And you know, Sweet. that's it, it's. There's a lot of meta humor about how there's already been a, a Space Jam movie. Yeah, uh, it exists. It not only does the movie exist in this universe, but just the plot exists in this universe so it is a, a sequel the characters refer to so, it like the looney tunes um so space jam is a documentary the first one in this universe it's, is yes, a documentary. essentially yes um no bill murray unfortunately yeah. in this movie cannot Spoiler. if you had your hopes up for that it's not happening yeah um uh, we we watched this on hbo max on jimmy's big nice tv that he has um it yeah i mean i feel like i guess overall thoughts um we we kind of we we have the differing thoughts on it a little bit but i feel like our score is still going to be pretty similar (laughs) but um uh i i think the first one is better um and i it's going to sound hypocritical since i know the first one was made literally based off of a concept from a commercial but this one just feels a bit too commercialized to me. The first one had a lot of just like charm, like like stupid, like why would anyone make this kind of charm? It, it was just like ridiculous premise and like Michael Jordan was not a good actor at all. <laughs> just kind of, he's just going with the flow of what was happening. Um, and this movie just kind of feels like an ad for Warner Bros as a whole. There's just like ref- constant references to other Warner Bros properties and like, hey, you seen Rick and Morty? Here's Rick and Morty. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That was actually. So I don't really like the Looney Tunes all that much, if I'm going to be honest. They don't really do it for me. I don't really care about them. So I actually enjoyed the Warner Bros. aspect of it. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it... I mean, it was very, like, Ready Player One cameo, whatever stuff. But I thought it was... The way that they had incorporated the Looney Tunes characters in the universe was ridiculous and entertaining (laughs) to me. However, yeah, was, that was, was like a 15-minute chunk of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think if it was more of the movie, it would have been more entertaining, but I still still equally polarizing, I think. Um, I just thought it was... I enjoyed the ridiculous, silly nature of it and like, why did anybody think this was a good idea? But somehow it is kind of entertaining and silly. I So I did like that, like, you know the without going into big spoilers it's like why the grandma characters and the, the matrix you know it's just stupid it's like that like they go you know i don't want to spoil anything else but there's there are a couple of times they're like what why are they in this world like i didn't even notice <laughs> warner brothers owned that but it was funny um <laughs> they really like uh emphasizing the casablanca world for, for whatever reason, reason. <laughs> um yeah i mean i, I 
I did like those parts of the movies too, uh, to an extent. Um, just because it was kind of funny going to and make having the parodies of those movies. Um, I think it just overstated its welcome in that regard a little bit, especially with like, I mean, it's like the end, the last hour is just the basketball game essentially. And it's just filled with other Warner bros properties, like doing things and which you've seen in the trailers, if, if you've seen it. Um, but, um, I don't know. It, this, I, I think this movie, I guess in just general overstays its welcome because this movie is like two hours almost. Um, it's a long movie. Um, and comparing it again to the first one, the first one is like less than 90 minutes. It's a lot brisker than this one is. A lot harder to make, too. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's probably my biggest, the biggest takeaway for me from this movie is it's it overstays its welcome in multiple ways. I don't know. Um, I, I just want to give like props. I think visually it looks fantastic. I think it, I think yeah. the character designs look really good. Like when they make them like CGI, but realistic, I think they look like really good. I think the world looks good. I liked the 2d animation part of it. I thought that looked good. Um, yeah, looked good. I thought I, the whole, like the whole style of the movie, the whole, uh, the visual production, was excellent. I, I think they made it look really good. Yeah. And and cartoony and bombastic in a way that the first one kind of does, but they're limited by the technology they had. I thought this like looked as good as it could have. It looked good. Um my one the one exception to me is I don't I had the same problem with Luca. I don't know what the deal is. For me like um I think LeBron specifically when he's animated they like I don't know if it they like animate his mouth weird or whatever and it just doesn't seem to quite line up with what he's saying I had that same problem with parts of Luca I remember but it just it I don't know it seemed off a little bit the the actual dialogue I did not notice that maybe Holden is just so (laughs) good at processing sound he's just faster than everybody else I'm faster than yeah maybe (laughs) You're like the LeBron but, James of hearing. But for the most part, I mean, yeah, the the um, visual, especially in like the 2D animated segments, uh, looked pretty good. I also, in the 3D stuff, all of the Looney Tunes looked faithfully adapted, except like Lola's face was really weird. I don't know. It, it, and it was, I thought... I don't, I don't know. I'm nitpicking here, I guess. I was like, but it was weird to me because like bugs looked the same pretty much. And then Lola had like a weird, I don't know, puffy face. I don't know. I did not notice. Okay. Um, I'm being nitpicky on some things just because I wasn't super hot on this movie, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the plot is ridiculous. It, I, I like how in the first Space Jam, Michael Jordan's bad at baseball and then this movie lebron james is bad at being a father (laughs) it's just so mean to everybody he's such a jerk because like i i mean i don't know lebron has always seemed like i mean admittedly i do not watch basketball and i don't know much about this guy but from what i know of him as like a public figure he seems to be like a very nice guy and i to me he would i would feel like he'd be supportive if his son was actually like wanted to be a game designer but then he's just like he's so spiteful in this 
He basically just doesn't want him to be a game designer because he was told not to have games as distractions for his basketball. And so that's what he sees his son's game design as. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it, I thought this movie was fine as a kid's movie. Like, it, yeah, Pennywise is in the background. Okay, who cares? I thought it was funny. <laughs> Like that, Pennywise oh. is in is in this kids movie. Like why? Like yeah, the people from the Clockwork Orange are in the background. That's funny to me because it's so out of place and kids aren't gonna understand that. Um, it, I like I how it, that's just stupid. I just thought it was like I liked the stupidity of it. And other people were like, "Why would you do that? That's the dumbest thing ever." It's like obviously it's the dumbest dumbest thing ever. You thought they were like, "This is a jam. great idea." <laughs> No, they yeah, didn't think no. this is a great idea. It just was like, this is really dumb. This movie's dumb. We literally have a character named Algie Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle, who is basically the CEO of Warner Brothers, apparently. They just let yeah. this algorithm do whatever it wants. Um, so Don Cheadle's, like, yeah. eating it up, too. He's, he's like, hamming it up in this role. <laughs> he gets yeah. so, like, angry, <laughs> and it's just funny, like, having this character get so angry in a Space Jam movie. And Don Cheadle's like, what? I was going to say, kind of reminded me of Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman 84. Just like yeah, this absurd I see villain. That. Yeah. Um, and so that, that aspect was enjoyable. I think the the background stuff during the game, um, I think was cool at first. But once again, that game lasts an hour. And they keep showing like the same characters over and over. And they're just kind of like jumping around. And the costumes aren't good. <laughs> they're all pretty bad. <laughs> it's like a discount pennywise like the night king the the yeah. white walker stuff was really bad um but all of that i it was just i don't know I, I felt like it was novel at first but you know 45 minutes into that sequence i was like all right this is <laughs> show us something show us some new characters or something because this is a bit much yeah i mean and you had like ernie johnson from TNT or or making the calls for the basketball mm-hmm. game. He's a very famous like basketball uh, commentator today. Uh like Not that's a very good actor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was like well, what did you expect? No, I mean I don't I that, that is not anything I hold against this movie. I just thought it was funny like him I mean him it was very obvious he was just like reading lines. But LeBron was fine. Uh, you know, I thought the acting was fine. His kid did fine. Yeah, his the way the lady who plays his wife was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't really be amazing in a Space Jam movie. They don't yeah. really give you material to work with. But uh, again, I thought this movie was fine. I thought it was a serviceable kids movie, and everybody's just hating on it because they're like, "It's so dumb. Why would you put?" Casablanca in a kids movie. I yeah, I that's not a problem for me because I mean that obviously means it's like trying to appeal maybe more to an audience who would have seen Space Jam as a kid. They're inco- incorporating more adult, I guess, in jokes or whatever. Um, it's just I don't know. It, it doesn't really have any any magic or any cool. It it just didn't win me over. 
I feel like I a lot of my honestly fr- thinking you're like you're just seeing the first movie through as nostalgia or something. I no, really think I'm, the first movie's not any good at all. I'm not. I I'm not. Though I don't think the first. I don't think the first one's really good either. I just. I think it has a bit more, like I don't know. I because I never saw Space Jam until like two years ago. I don't think I really have any nostalgia for it. I've only seen it twice. The first time two years know. ago, and then when we I, revealed it on the podcast. Maybe it's just but, the animation style or something like that. It, I just think like I think people are just haven't seen the first one in a long time, and they're thinking it's a really good movie because they saw it when they were little. It's not. Yeah. Like I no, think this movie is is even better than that one, and people are like, "Well, it's bad." It's like, "Well, no, you just don't remember how bad the first one is." <laughs> honestly like no uh, yeah i mean i i understand that i do think the the first one is if nothing i mean if nothing else the fact that it's shorter (laughs) is better i do think there's other i do think there's other aspects of it that i like more um i want i haven't watched it since we reviewed it on the podcast so i'm not going to try to compare it to uh, like go in depth or anything because there's definitely things i don't remember but um yeah i don't know this movie just the first one i don't know is probably like a a five out of ten for me and this one's probably lower than that yeah but, i mean i i'm ready to give my rating i'm gonna give it a five out of ten like i think it's a fine kids movie i think the first mm-hmm. one i don't remember what i gave it like a four out of ten i think that would make sense okay me. i'm probably gonna give this uh a, a four four yeah four is probably good for me we'll just reverse our scores jimmy there we go yeah i it's i mean it's kind of it's kind of funny in a bad way i did laugh at this movie quite a bit at all the jokes that just did not land there's so many just horrible jokes in this movie that was funny because i was watching it with you and because they just they thought it was so funny and it wasn't Hate is gonna hate. Hate is gonna hate. All right, I guess we'll do a a real quick spoiler review of this movie. Spoiler review. So, believe it or not, uh, LeBron wins the game at the end. Yeah, I mean, does that that seal him as better than Michael Jordan? I mean, if he lost, that'd be pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Congrats, LeBron. You beat your kid at basketball. <laughs> Actually, it was Dom Ball. That, uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess I didn't get too into the plot of, of the movie because I didn't really care too much. But that, I don't know. That whole, like, son versus dad thing, even though the dad was, like, he was a jerk to his son. I never, the son ne- never felt like he was hurt enough to me to, like, be willing to just you know ditch his dad and hang out with don Cheadle and be like yeah yeah i'll be on your basketball team i don't know well i think i mean it makes sense at first because don Cheadle was like supporting him excuse me algae rhythm but like Mm -hmm. if he knew what was like the stakes of the game were, he would have just switched sides right away yeah oh wait everybody's gonna be stuck here forever and the looney tunes will get deleted (laughs) i'm more worried about the looney tunes yeah i'm um, worried about ernie johnson <laughs> welcome back that was a bad ernie johnson yeah 
Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about the Looney Tunes themselves. You said you don't really care for them that much. I, I like the Looney Tunes, but they just kind of felt like they weren't as important in this movie. Even though, I mean, there is a whole part where they're going around trying to get them. But it just, I don't know, there's so much focus on other things. And I don't think that's necessarily an issue with the movie, but um, I just don't think there's a ton to say about it. I guess I would you have yeah. rather would you have rather seen Space Jam a new legacy or would you I mean as a Looney Tunes movie or would you have rather seen it where LeBron gets Superman and Batman and King Kong to play basketball with them Well I mean with all this Warner Bros cross promotion maybe I would have rather seen that I like think that maybe that would have been more interesting Yeah that would have been more interesting and then it, I mean it's still blatant about it. it's like cross promotion and everything but then at least like those other aspects have more effect on the actual story and and on the ongoings of the movie um yeah i don't know i think i would have preferred that it just goes to the looney tunes and they're like bro we've done this before you're gonna have to find <laughs> yeah, else. we're good um yeah but I mean, I really did actually enjoy that part of the movie where they go to Metropolis and they go to Mad Max and they go to the Matrix. Mad Max. I liked that one quite a bit. That one was pretty funny because <laughs> it's so <laughs> ridiculous. And like yeah. you said, it only the adults really understand it. And I thought, I mean, I thought that was really creative and stupid. And mm-hmm. and I think that's like you just have to embrace the stupidity of the movie. I it to me it felt like the the writers were aware that we literally have an algorithm kidnapping a kid into a computer i think this is gonna be fine because this is already bombastic and ridiculous (laughs) yeah i can see that um what else um granny has all the funniest lines in the movie but just because they're dumb um it's just it's the whole joke is that she's trying to seem cool but she's old (laughs) <laughs> and so every yep. line she says is like you said hate is gonna hate drinking that martini um she makes a Chappelle show reference when she says game blouses that's from one of the most famous Chappelle show sketches i actually had to look that up after i was like is that originally from Chappelle's show and it is so so there's that um I mean, I really don't have anything else to say about this movie. Like, they came back, they won the game. Congrats! I I said most of what I thought in this, the non spoiler review. The that was the only thing I really wanted to hit specifically. Do, do you have anything about the goon squad? I mean, I, you know, we had some of the basketball players like Anthony yeah. Davis and Damian Lillard, uh, but and and some women players too. I thought their designs were cool. Um. It was like I said; I, I they looked great. Mm-hmm. The animation. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I like how when Don Cheadle joined them, he just like grew big. That was his. Th- he just grew taller. <laughs> he didn't give himself any cool powers or anything. He's just like, yeah, I'll just be a, just be tall. Yeah. Um. That's really all I have to say about this movie. We've gone long enough about Space Jam: A New <laughs> Legacy. Yeah. There's not much to say. It's pretty self-descriptive all right this will certainly leave a legacy for better or worse yes holden what are you doing 
What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Well, this week, um, done a lot of just like hanging out at lakes and stuff. Honestly, I've I've gotten more just sunshine and physical activity than in a long time because I'm usually just a lazy boy. But here I am, like swimming every day. It's a good time. Um, But probably the most exciting thing uh, is that I secured a PS5. Yeah, finally. Disc one. Um, And so we'll be getting a PS5 uh, later this week. I'll still be out of town, so I'll have to wait until I come back from my vacation for that. Um, But I just had the way I did that was I had signed up for the Sony waitlist like way back in November or December. (laughs) They finally got to me um, and emailed me last Wednesday about uh, that I could get try to get one on Friday and I managed to do so. So if you're in the market for a PS5, sign up for that waitlist because it may take you a long time, but it at least worked for me. Um, but I think besides that, what what have I watched? Uh, I've mostly been oh I started playing uh, Bayonetta two on the Switch, so that's cool. Um, as I've been taking a break from Hyrule Warriors just so that I can uh, start playing different games. Xander's in the room with me right now, and he is giving me a thumbs up. He's trying really hard to get on this podcast right now. Thumbs up for Bayonetta. Uh, okay. He's, he just wanted, he was giving me a thumbs up because I'm playing Bayonetta. Uh, but that's a fun game so far. I had played the first one on the, like the 360 a while ago. Um, but the second one was a a wii u exclusive they got like a 10 out of 10 from game publications and stuff like it was really well received but of course no one likes the wii u so they ported it to the switch um besides that i only really watched a couple movies i watched um one of the ones i was really excited for was i watched wendy um, which was um, directed by I can't remember what or how to pronounce his name. Uh, he directed *Beasts of the Southern Wild*, which got a lot of Oscar buzz several years ago, including the youngest ever Best Actress nomination for a girl who was like seven years old or something. Um, but I loved that movie. I actually watched *Beasts of the Southern Wild* in a high school film class, and I really it really like grew on me and I've, I've come to love it a lot. Um, I was excited for this. Wendy is basically, it's like a modern interpretation of Peter Pan, um, where this little girl, I mean, you know, the story of Peter Pan, she kind of goes off and, uh, lives with this boy in this place where kids never grow up. And it's, it's this new modern interpretation. That's, it's kind of cool. Like they go off to this Island. It's all set in kind of the South Louisiana and it's, there is a lot of fantastical uh, realism, and some of it seems like it could be very much just like a real life thing, and then other things it's like, well, these kids, are they growing up, or are they not? I don't know. It's it's I don't think it's as solid as Beasts of the Southern Wild, but it's an entertaining movie. I liked it. Um, and then I also, I finished Chappelle's show. I watched some Dave Chappelle stand up. I'm really, I'm just on a Dave Chappelle kick right now. Just really big fan. So, if you're ever, if you want some, some good comedy, I highly recommend him. Um, 
And then the last movie I watched was uh, Waiting for Guffman, which is kind of... I had previously talked about watching Best of Show and A Mighty Wind on this podcast, which is both mockumentaries made by the same cast and crew, essentially, all about different things. Uh, This is actually the first one of those, and it's about this small town who wants to put on a play for, like, the town's, like, 100th anniversary or 150th, whatever. Um, But it's really really funny it's still just got great humor in it i think the music is genuinely also very good like it seems like it would be a cool musical if it was real but pretty solid um but i think that's it jimmy oh i guess i i've been starting up on far cry 3 again because i kind of took a quick break um but that game's still pretty good what about you jimmy uh, I think really the only thing I've been doing is I started Mayor of Easttown, the miniseries on HBO. I'm two I think episodes. you mentioned that last week, didn't you? I don't know if I mentioned starting it last week. I definitely told oh. you about it in person. Oh, maybe at you least. It. Um, but I'm two episodes in. I like it so far. I I heard it has like a really good ending. So yeah, murder cool. mystery detective Kate Winslet plays a detective. She's got a lot of trauma. It's in the uh, you know this kind of very blue collar town in uh, in Pennsylvania. So uh, yeah, I I like it so far. I've heard it's got it's got a lot of Emmy nominations, mm-hmm. um, which we didn't really talk about in in Tom's. But no, cannot believe Anthony Starr did not get nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, I don't think he was nominated after the first season either, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like. Paul Bettany, whatever he's like good in WandaVision, whatever, but he's not Anthony Starr in, in Was the Paul Boys. Bettany nominated? I believe so. Um okay. I do I know that The Boys was nominated for Best Drama Series, which it wasn't yeah. season one. But um that is remarkable to me. And and Giancarlo Esposito is for The Mandalorian, which I nobody loves Giancarlo Esposito more than than me. Like I really am a fan of mm. him, but he is completely and utterly wasted in the Mandalorian. So yeah. <laughs> I like I'm sorry, but the how Anthony Starr, which is one of the best performances I think I've ever seen in anything, is not nominated, not even nominated for an Emmy is ridiculous to me. Well, and um I mean we briefly mentioned Don Cheadle getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which he is in for like a total of maybe two minutes. I think he's. I in, didn't even. Rem, I didn't even remember he was in it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in. He talks to Falcon in the first episode. He has like a, a scene, maybe a minute and a half long or something, where he's in it. And then I think he shows up without any lines in the last episode when they do the Isaiah Bradley like thing or whatever. I think that that's all he's in it, and he got an Emmy nomination. <laughs> But he he came out on Twitter and he's he said something like yeah I don't get it either yeah <laughs> so at least he was it wasn't like he was pushing for it he just was surprised as we were well I can't wait till he gets an Oscar nom for LG rhythm <laughs> um Fantastic. anyway that that's all I got this week Holden take us home Uh yeah so next week uh, is old we'll be doing old. Uh, probably we'll also probably record on a Tuesday next week because I think I'm going to, maybe we could do Monday night. I'm coming back from vacation on Monday. So, um, anyway, 
Uh, we'll get that out to you, talk about that new M. Night Shyamalan movie, which I saw has early reactions divisive, so that's great. <laughs> are we not going to be able to see this movie together, are we, Holden? No, I don't think... Well, I mean, I guess... I mean, if we wanted to wait until Monday, maybe I could come back and, and watch it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Anyway, so very excited for this M. Night Shyamalan movie. And then in two weeks, we got Jungle Cruise. <laughs> so uh, big things coming your way. Very exciting. Um, if you want to leave us a request, though, you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Or you can send us an email at tompodcast at gmail.com. Or you can uh, donate to our Patreon, all viable ways of giving us a request of a movie to watch. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. What If and The Suicide Squad are both approaching a lot faster than I was thinking. So Yeah, I was just going to say Suicide Squad's three weeks from now. Yeah, pretty excited for that. Um, I just looked up Space Jam coin and i believe there there was a coin they can't uh, I, I see pictures of a coin so it's a yeah I, I must be remembering it right came with the vhs i think so welcome to the there slime. you go welcome there you to go the jam. all right uh anyway that's all we got i'm gonna give you i'm gonna say adios pantalones love you <laughs>